Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. And we're now less than a month away from Blue Jays pitchers and catchers having their first workout. I think it's February 15th. And I think, Barker, most of us, most of us agree that there's still a ton for this team to do to even, to even repeat last year's 89 wins that you know, we've talked about this, the lineup. Uh, the lineup has two everyday holes, and we know there are still hitters out there that I think in some cases I think Jays fans and those of us in the media may be more interested in the hitters than the Jays are. I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but I think that's a fact. Um, you know, and maybe it's been a slow market, but, you know, it's possible now that with the apparent end of the regional sports net network issues in the United States, um, it's possible that now that uh, Scott Boris, who, let's face it, has been the MVP of this winter, despite Shohei Otani signing, Scott Boris uh, might find a, a more robust market for his free agents. And I think, Kevin, this is a, I don't always believe in dominoes, but I think one of those guys goes off the board once Bellinger or Martinez or Soler or Chapman uh, go off the boards. I think maybe you'll start seeing some action then. Uh, in the meantime, hey, the Blue Jays made news by agreeing to terms with right-handed free agent pitcher Yariel Rodriguez. This is according to Ken Rosenthal, among others. Of course, the deal uh, still hinges on medicals, visa, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Rodriguez is a Cuban right-hander. He turns 27 on March 10th. He hasn't pitched full-time since 2022 when he was a reliever in Japan with the Chinichi Dragons. He had a 1.15 ERA in 54 and two-thirds innings. That was his third season as a reliever. He uh, pitched for Cuba in the World Baseball Classic and then elected to sit out the 2023 season before being granted free agency. He had a workout in the Dominican Republic on October 10th. We know that 16 MLB teams showed up to this workout, including the Blue Jays. Uh, reports are that he averaged 96 0.2 miles an hour. He had an 84.9 mile an hour slider, an 89 mile an hour splitter, 86 mile an hour change, and a 77 mile an hour curve. This is a guy who started pitching professionally in Cuba at the age of 18. And, um, well, he went to Japan as a starter, moved into the bullpen, and uh, experienced a noticeable uptick in velocity since going into the bullpen. Kevin, at that point, he was kind of a well, I can't put this any other way. He was a bit of a soft tosser. So, um, hey, I mean, look, you can never have too much pitching, right? And I'll say this. One thing this front office has done, Kevin, they've been on the mark more often than not when it comes to free agent pitching. Yeah, look, I, I don't really know how to think about this. I mean, it seems like a lot of money for a guy that has a lot of unknowns. So 4 and 32. Yeah, it seems like a lot. Like, it's, you know, it seems to me like he has some issues against he's lefties. One war. Right? Basically, he's being played like a guy who's going to give you one, one war. Yeah, he ain't so much a five-pitch guy as he is a two-pitch guy, right? And he's very erratic. And, you know, it's the unpredictability if you're a starter. How can you throw an 0-0 third pitch? for strike one and everything that you read and everything you hear about it, he has some issues doing that. So for me, he's more of a long relief guy. It's a lot of money to pay for a long relief guy, especially a pocket guy. We've talked about pockets and how this pitching staff and and coaching staff tries to handle pockets. So yeah, I'm with you. You can never have too much pitching, but do you get really excited about this? I think for me, it's just another name right now, but you sort of like his age and how hard he throws and if he gets with Pete Walker, maybe Petey can give some confidence when it comes to that third pitch and they can mold him into what they yeah. want him to be. I mean, my, you know, my, my, my real concern here with him isn't what he might turn out being, but it's what he might be this year. Because, look, you say Kikuchi came here and was much more of a proven commodity, and his first year was a mess here. Yeah. I mean, the Jays didn't know what they had with him. Now, it worked out last year. That would be my only concern is I don't know, like, what can we expect from him this year, I guess, is where. And, and more to the point, what will the Jays need from him? Uh, if Alec Manoa uh, comes back, uh, if Ricky Tiedemann gets a shot at, at making the rotation, you know, there is, if that's the case, then this guy gives them a little bit, they have a little bit of wiggle room with him. If that's the case, then maybe he does go in the bullpen and become, you know, become a, a, I don't know, a swing guy, a, a pocket guy. And it seems to me he's almost like Jimmy Garcia. That's the one thing that that 
stands out yeah, for me. Yeah, I just me, don't know how he gets lefties out if he's a starter, right? It's that does he have to come in after an opener? Like, how do you massage it through being a five guy to get four mm-hmm. inning out, four innings out of him? That's the whole thing here. So yeah, there's some unknowns, but again, you you like I think how big he is, his age, and the velocity, and I think if you get him with Petey, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. maybe that massaging and being a little smarter and controlling emotions and just being able to work your way through to give some quality however many innings he's going maybe they can work it out listen we'll get to uh listener comments and questions in a second but in the meantime baseball america's kyle glazer has spent a great deal of time monitoring the international market uh he has written extensively about yariel rodriguez and he joins us on blair and barker Hey, Kyle, listen, thanks very much for your time today. Um, So a very simple question to get this started. What do the Blue Jays have in their hands in Yariel Rodriguez? Yeah, with Yariel Rodriguez, the Blue Jays are getting a hard-throwing right-hander with really good stuff, control the question. Um, Whether he can start or relieve is really the biggest question facing him. There's no doubt that he has the arm strength to help the team. Again, if you put him in a seventh, eighth inning setup role, he will flourish there. It's just a matter of if he has the control, the tempo, the finesse to start. He started in the World Baseball Classic for Cuba after working as a reliever in Japan and showed good flashes there. But this is one thing to do it for one or two abbreviated starts in the WBC versus every fifth day, 32 times a year in a major league rotation. So we'll find out what his starting capability is. But if nothing else, he's a good arm that you like having on your team. Kyle, I gotta, is, he, is he predictable? That would be the first thing, right? If, if you throw him in a bullpen, would you have to put him in pockets where it's, <clears throat> excuse me, where, you know, it's uh, a couple of three or four righties in a row? Or can he throw to a pretty tough lefty? Meaning, does he have a third pitch, I think, is the big question. Because if he's going to start and be a five guy, right, there has to be a little bit of unpredictability there where it's, you know, to a good left, he's got to flip a little slow breaking ball in there. Can he do that? That's really the issue. He's kind of an all-gas, no-breaks kind of pitcher. Look, it's a 93 to 96-mile-an-hour fastball. Like, it's up to 100 with some natural cut. He's also got a two-seamer in the low to mid-90s. Uh, his slider is an above-average pitch. You know, it's hard with vertical bite and solid depth. So he's got plenty of, of hard stuff to blow guys away. It's that softer stuff. Um, you know, again, this is very much a I'm going to go after you and throw hard type of pitcher. Um, whether he can kind of throttle down and, you know, locate some of his soft stuff. You know, he does have a curveball. He has a splitter that he uses as a changeup. They're both, you know, below-average pitches right now. He doesn't have a ton of, of touch or feel for them. So that's really going to be the biggest thing. Now, one thing to keep in mind with all this is he didn't pitch last season in any affiliated professional league. He was working out on his own. So we haven't really seen him publicly since the WBC. It's possible that over this past year, working with pitching coaches and bullpens, he was able to improve his touch and feel on those softer offerings. And maybe he comes out and shows it. It's a little bit of a a mystery what that's going to look like. This might be a, a difficult question to answer because, as you mentioned, he did he he didn't pitch uh, he 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 was he didn't pitch with with an affiliated uh, organization uh, in twenty in in twenty twenty three, but he did pitch in Japan. He moved into a reliever's role in Japan. How much of a and I'm using air quotes here, Kyle. How much of a Japanese pitcher is Rodriguez? You know what I mean? And 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 how much of what he has turned into owes to his experience and and maybe changes he may have made in Japan. Yeah, so he definitely got much better moving over to Japan. You know, he was kind of a soft-tossing starter in Cuba. It was 87 to 90. There wasn't much there. He went to Japan. They moved him into the bullpen, and he really flourished. He got bigger. He got stronger, some physical maturity. They did introduce a splitter to him. Again, it's a work-in-progress pitch. Um, so he definitely became a much more well-rounded pitcher. And look, he was one of the best setup men in Japan. Um, this was a dominant reliever with stuff that absolutely you look at and say, that'll play in the major leagues, the fastball slider. It was just a matter of, okay, you know, can he start? And that's where his showing in the WBC was promising. And we have to see the work he did this past year. Again, he did not pitch in Japan this past season. He mostly just went off and worked out on his own in preparation for a move to MLB. We have to see if those those softer touch offerings developed. 
Um, he's not a traditional like Japanese pitcher in the sense of, you know, fastball splitter. It's fastball slider. He's very much Cuban as well. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely a little volatile. He definitely is, is a little bit demonstrative at times and it can get a little ahead of himself. So, um, you know, there's definitely some, some high energy and high tempo there. Um, but I think if he's able to control his effort level and show he can throttle down on some of those pitches, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for him to start again. Even if it doesn't work out, he should be more than a good contributor for the Blue Jays in a late inning relief role. Uh, okay, Kyle, give me your gut. <clears throat> give me your gut. If you're the Blue Jays, and because the Blue Jays have to hit the ground running, their schedule out the gates not the easiest of schedules. Their American League East, every win matters, no matter when you're trying to win them. Do you think he's going to start out maybe as a seventh inning guy, or do you think because? the way you talk, and it sounds like he might be a quick learner and can give you that third pitch. Maybe he's fighting for that number five spot in spring training. Yeah, he's certainly going to go into spring training with a shot to win the number five spot. When you sign a guy like this, you're going to give him the opportunity to start. And it's just going to be up to him to take the opportunity and run with it. Um, I certainly think he goes into spring training with a chance to win um, a starting rotation spot. And if he earns it, great. Again, if not, put him in the bullpen and you've got another fireballer back there. Uh, last question from us, Kyle. You know, I, I had a chance to talk with uh, with a Jays executive this year, and we started talking about how analytics have helped uh, in the evaluation of foreign pitchers. You know that 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 they've not just analytics, but the way teams are now investing in essentially pitching laboratories and, and things of that nature. That they've allowed teams to look way beyond the statistical body of work, and even the raw eye test. Uh, has that made these types of contracts less of a gamble in your mind? And do you think that, um, you know, do you, do you think that we may see more of, of these types of, uh, of deals in the future? You know, we've seen a steady stream of deals for pitchers signing out of Japan since Hideo Nomo in 1995. Um, I think that it should maintain a steady pace. I think that, look, it always helps to have different evaluation tools. At the same time, it's about talent. We have to remember that NPB Japan is the highest level of baseball in the world. That's not MLB. So just as if you have a guy who is shoving in AAA and it's really easy to see, you want him on your big league team, it's even more true when you see a guy like that in Japan, as long as you see the stuff. Look, and it's a combination of things. You absolutely need scouts on the ground to see how it plays in real time, not just what it looks like on an Excel spreadsheet. But you also have to have some data, and it's good to see, okay, you know, this spin, this movement, no different than evaluating any other pitcher. You can see some traits and characteristics that you think might play favorably. Kyle, listen, man, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Uh, terrific insight, and thanks for giving us a little glimpse into what uh, into what the Jays may be getting with Yael uh, yeah, Rodriguez. Thanks again, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime, thanks, guys. Interesting conversation with uh, Kyle Glazer of uh, Baseball America. As we mentioned, he's written uh, uh, extensively on, uh, on on top prospects and on on international on international pitchers. Um, you know, I mean, he he seems he seems pretty all in in this guy. Again, four years, you've mm-hmm. you've you've got to think the Jays. Our understanding is the Jays are really on this guy from the get go. This isn't this isn't just something that they've been thinking about in the sure. last couple of months. I mean, we know Ross was over in in Japan. Now, I don't know if that had anything to do with this guy, but we know that the Jays have have sort of quietly increased their uh their presence in japan um what do you think man i i I, you know a two-pitch guy um like i said i I, four four years suggest to me that the jays must they must be thinking of him as a starter at some point they must be thinking him as of him as a starter now we should say by the way the jays have not confirmed this is January 18th. They have not confirmed that the signing is done. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all the reports suggest there's still some more medicals to be done. There are visa issues. I mean, you've got, you know, think about this. You've got a Cuban-born pitcher who's pitched in Japan who will need to get visas to work in the United States and Canada. So I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's a ton of paperwork 
that needs to be done before this thing is signed off on. But let's just assume that he is here. Does that suggest to you they view him as a starter? Yeah, maybe. Look, I, I, I'm i not sure I know the answer to that. I think they, again, I think they like his makeup. I, I think they, you know, I think they like his age, you know, 27. Mm-hmm. He hasn't thrown a lot the year off. And I he's think touched 100 as a reliever. Yeah, touching and, and pitching at it's totally different, right? It's... And the, and the third pitch, you know, that sounds like mechanical kind of thing. That's something that Pete Walker thrives in and, and really excels in taking that pitcher to another level is extension and, and, and stretch. You know, when the stride foot hits the ground, where's the hand at, right, and the control issues. And, you know, that screams pockets. Can he get a lefty out? That's mm-hmm. another thing. I Kyle did say something to me or us that is intriguing when he said competition going into spring training. I like that with Alec Manoa. If if Alec Manoa has competition, we've seen that, right? We saw oh, how yes. good his spring training looked when, dude, it's got to be there. Like, you got to come out with some vinegar and start dominating some people. You ain't going to make this team. I think Alec's there. Like, I think that's – and just going up to Alec Manoa and saying, hey, dude, you ain't the guy. There's other people coming to spring training, and if Rodriguez is one of those guys and mm-hmm. can throw hard and has a little vinegar, now I know he got paid, and that's going to give him a little security blanket to sort of ease into this kind of thing, but coming to a contender and knowing that you can start and being one of the guys will add a little competition with Alec Manoa, so I do think there's a, there, there's a plus that comes to that, though. I just think if somebody that's 27 can buy into a different voice, which is not the easiest thing to Mm -hmm. do, you've talked to a bunch of guys. I know I went through it. It's not the easiest thing to do for somebody to walk up and basically tell you, dude, that ain't going to work in the East. Like, you're going to have to be a little bit more unpredictable. you got to be better 12 to 6 with something slower. How do you get a lefty out? I like the heater that runs. Mm. On certain occasions to some righties, how will he handle that? So I think there's a bunch of unknowns there. I just hope this is not all they're going to do. $32 million is a lot. Listen, they, they – I were... hope that's not the case. And if they add this because everybody can never have enough pitching and you still go out and add a couple more bats, yeah, I'm all for it and hopefully it works out for Well, them. listen, I think they suggested – they hinted very early in the winter that – they were going to look at adding some sort of pitcher for the back end of the rotation. You know, I mean, they meant they've brought up Mitch White. So, I mean, that indicates to you that I, I think anyhow, it indicates to you that they are saying to Alec Manoa and, and I get, you know, I, I was a little surprised that so many people thought that they would trade Alec Manoa. Cause I just don't think, I think you need Alec Manoa right now to build his value on, but basically what they've done to Alec Manoa, is you know we know Ricky Tiedemann at some point is going to be on this fingers crossed this this staff yeah uh, they've got Yariel Rodriguez now guess what Alec they've given him four years mm-hmm. um, you know other, other guys on 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 the fringes you know they're going to bring other free agent starting pitchers and they just are guys to be the fifth starters I don't know Bowden Francis mm-hmm. is a guy who. Well, the big three two we mentioned that the age of Bassett and Gosman is a worry. And we talked yep. about this last year is Gosman's thrown a lot. And that two-pitch thing with the splitter, yep. split fingers at that age are real hard on the forearm, right? Mm. So fingers crossed. And I'm not saying that Gosman's not in tremendous shape and thrown that thing enough to know when to back off. We saw, you know, the the moodiness of the velocity of the fastball with Gosman last year. That probably goes hand-in-hand with the split finger and the grip and all of those kind of things. So you're going to need some depth there. I just, again, this is good. And the $32 million thing, for me, is a little bit of a head-scratcher because you don't really know what you're going to get. It's but it's fine. I think you're looking at it wrong. It's, but it's, it's, it's going to be $8, eight million a year. You're paying him to be a one-war pitcher. That, that's what you're Okay, that's, uh, that, you're that's fine. You're to, to, Bring to, in a couple a of bats is my point. Um, so there you are. Uh, Yarrell Rodriguez, uh, again, the deal is not officially yet, uh, has not been announced by the Blue Jays, but nobody's denied that it's happened. Yeah, as far as I know, nobody's tracking his flight here. So uh, I think. Yeah, him days is over. I will admit, I, I am not going to mention. The next time I mention uh, flight tracking is when Shohei Otani makes his start here or, or, or when the Dodgers, I, whenever, whenever they face the Dodgers. Until that point, I'm not going to make any more jokes 
about, I don't believe you. About tracking flights. I don't believe you. You can if you want, though. <laughs> and the best way to leave a joke about tracking flights is go to the back leg line, which is 416-413-3959. Your chance to leave questions, comments, recipe suggestions, uh, trivia questions, whatever you want. It's your chance to, uh, to talk to Kevin Barker. Um, and uh, we're going to, as I said, we're going to try to do it at least once a week uh, during the season. Fingers crossed, 416-413-3959. We're going to take it out and give it a spin in a few minutes. It's Blair and Barker, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Try to bring it this time, Barker, please. Do so. Try not to mail it in. Coming down. Can I ask a question? Who the hell's the core? Well, let me just, just, just. Well, I'm asking a okay, question. Okay, well, we'll wait. Somebody asked that. Just hang on here. I'm asking. Yeah. All right. Coming down. Now you get me all upset. <laughs> Coming down in three, two, one. One of the things we want to do more of this year is incorporate listener questions through our back leg line. But here's the thing. Okay, every time I send out a message on X, I still want to call it Twitter, but every time I send out a message on X saying we're soliciting voice message calls or comments, I notice a bunch of people reply with their questions the thing is that's a waste of your time i don't read replies i know barker doesn't read replies nope we want voice messages because nothing is more boring frankly than a host reading out tweets from folks with stupid handles now seriously i don't have enough years left in this planet to spend time slogging through elon musk's intellectual sewer all right to to answer replies i just don't so we want your voice So with that off our chest, or at least my chest, here's the best from our audio mailbag. And as always, 416-413-3959 is the number to call. 24-7. Barker's always ready to answer the phone. He's there for you. I'm there for you. It's there for you. Let's go to the questions. This is Josh from BC, and uh, looking forward to another Blue Jay season. The question I have is... Uh, this core has been together for a couple years. They were very confident uh, a couple years ago with Vladdy kind of saying, you know, things like, you've seen the trailer and now you're going to get the whole movie, you know, all that type of stuff. And now it's two years in a row that they've been, you know, shut out of a win in the playoffs. At what point does the confidence of the core and the team kind of shake a little bit, especially if management doesn't really bring in any big free agents or make any trades or anything like that. Do these guys actually believe that they are a World Series team if nothing that drastic changes? Anyway, just curious to see what you think. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Uh, Well, Kevin, I know I'll ask you a question. This touches on something Josh asked, something you asked on the way in here. Who is the core of this team? What is the core of this team? Because you've got Bo and Vladdy for another couple of years. Mm-hmm. You've got Danny Jansen, I think, is a free agent after this year. Uh, a lot of the core players are either going to be free agents with Bo and, Bo and, and Vladdy or, or a year after. Who's the core? Are, are, are they still the core? I, I guess. Like, I, I don't... <laughs> I'm legitimately asking you that question because I, I have no idea. Danny Jansen doesn't play enough. Kevin Biggio doesn't play enough. He's not an everyday player. Uh, George Springer's too old to be a part of the core. Uh, Dal- Dalton Varsho hasn't been here long enough. Uh, Alec Manoa's only had one good season. Is he part of it? So, yeah, for me, it's two guys. And the two guys, for me, the conversations that I've had and listened to, can't be going further in opposite directions when it comes to the feeling of how the organizations ran, where the team's going. And I'm sure if you walked up to either one of those guys and said, hey, what do you think your realistic chance with the door closed and you're the only guy in there talking to them of making the playoffs and actually making a serious run to a World Series if they don't do anything else to the team, I don't think there'd be a ton of confidence, right? I, I, I don't – I'm just everything – with the conversations that were said out loud from, you know, the GM and the conversations that you don't hear from the manager and the players and 
just everything that's going on all, uh, behind closed doors to translate that with what they have now and actually think that Vladdy's going to turn it around and be a 40 and 130 guy again and Bo's going to start hitting cleanup and hitting a bunch of three-run homers. What's George Springer going to look like? Uh, there's a lot of unknowns, so I would think that, yeah, the conversation would probably be head-scratching on – you know, why some things when it comes to the at least the offensive side has not turned the corner. I mean, here, here's the thing. <clears throat> I, I don't think either Bo or Vladdy, certainly not Bo, I, I don't think he lacks personal confidence. Um, I think if you went up to Bo and said, what are the chances of you winning a batting title this year? What are the chances of? Yeah, but this but, is a team thing. Let me finish. But, but let me finish. That, that gets to my point. So. I think Bo's confidence level has to be sky high. Absolutely. Vladdy, I don't know. Uh, because even after all this time, I don't know how to read Vladdy. Um, you know, I, I think back to the conversation, Kevin, we had with David Ortiz, who spoke to Vladdy. And David Ortiz made it pretty clear that whatever the Jays, whatever the Jays were telling Vladdy last year, whoever was doing it, however it was being delivered, it wasn't working. And you know, we know that because, I mean, Vladdy basically is bringing every relative on the planet in to help him hit. Yeah. So that would indicate that Vladdy realizes that there is an issue. You know, as to the confidence in the lineup, look, um, they're weaker right now. Uh, you know, I can kind of poo-poo Brandon Belt, but I don't see anybody replacing Brandon Belt right now. They don't have a replacement for Matt Chapman, at least not a not an individual who who will be able to deliver them on, you know, defensively and offensively. I, I their pitching is going to be fine. I don't have any problem with that. But um, yeah, I I'm with you. I think if you put Vladdy and 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 Bo in a room and said, "Hey, would you guys like to have uh, J.D. Martinez? Would you like to have Jorge Soler? Jorge Soler? You know, maybe even you know we can get into an argument about." whether or not Cody Bellinger would be worth the money. If you went to Bo and said, hey, Cody Bellinger's signing here, I guarantee he wouldn't go, oh, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, but further to, the, to Josh's point as well, one thing I, I do wonder about, Kevin, is Bo and Vladdy have not been good postseason performers. No. And they got a bit of a track record now. Right? They, they have a bit of a track record mm -hmm. in the postseason, and they have not come through. So, yeah, I would think. This I don't know if that if 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 that's a carryover. As I said, I I don't think it would bother Bo, um, Vladdy. I I I just don't know. I still don't know. I still don't know what floats Vladdy's boat. I just don't. Well, I would think it'd be money and and you know feeling wanted. Does you think he feels wanted? I mean, he's going to listen to David Ortiz. David Ortiz came on here and basically said, pay him like 15 times. He has conversations with him every day. You don't think Vladdy's saying that to David Ortiz that, you know, it'd be nice to feel wanted where I can get that out of the way and then go and worry about mechanics and what I'm swinging at and where I'm hitting in the order and what, what I'm supposed to do with my weight. I would all like the things that go into trying to make Vladdy the best Vladdy he can be. Yeah, I think there's something to it. You've asked me that the last couple of years and yeah. I've sort of downplayed it. But listening to somebody that's really, really close to him. Him and the the way he talked about Vladdy and the conversations that they had had, yeah, it seems like it's a thing. So, I and what would tell you that they're going to do that? Nothing. Like nothing would say that they're going to you know work out a deal here to make Vladdy happy. What did Bo say when he got the three year deal? I just wanted to feel wanted and that I was the shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays. Do you mm. think Vladdy feels that way? What I find kind of, what I find kind of interesting about Vladdy's situation too is. You know, we know that Vladdy is well aware of his father's career. You know, Vladdy Sr. played for the Montreal Expos when they had no money. They signed him to a multi-year contract. Mm -hmm. Even the Montreal freaking Expos under Jeffrey Loria and David Sampson. You know, a, a team that had, I mean, it was wheels up basically to leave the city. Yep. They were able to sign Vladdy Sr., to now it's apples and oranges it's a different time obviously mm -hmm. but um yeah i i i will admit i kind of wonder what vladdy's state of mind will be if they go to an arbitration hearing um 
because one thing you know about arbitration hearings, uh, they're they, very they're dry. They tell the truth. They're very dry. <laughs> yeah. They're very statistically driven. Absolutely. It's old school statistics. You know, they don't use a lot of fancy stats in arbitration hearings. And I'll tell you what, you can pick apart Vladdy's season last year pretty easy. And that hearing could get really, really nasty. So I know that's a long answer to your question, Josh, but uh, it's a good question. I just, I, there's so many unknowns right now. And we, we, won't, we won't know until spring training starts in a month or so, and, and we get a chance to, to talk to Bo and Vladdy. Look, our understanding is Bo was one of the people who was really upset with the way that postseason game ended with, 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 uh, with Jose Barrios being taken out of the game. We saw that camera shot during the game of him and Vladdy in the dugout. They certainly didn't seem as if they were high-fiving each other and excited about the move. So. Yeah, relationships are a giant deal nowadays, right? Yeah. It wasn't so much when I played. Like, you, as long as he wrote your name in a lineup, who cared who, who the manager was? It's different Bef- now. So I think before that's we thing, move on, too. Before we move on, any doubt in your mind this is Bo's team compared to Vladdy? Oh. <laughs> if it's not Bo, whose is it? Yeah. Gosman's? I mean, I, you, you don't want it to be a pitcher's team you need it to be an offensive player absolutely and who better it be than your shortstop but is Bo willing to be that guy that that's the thing too there's a lot into that let's go to Chris in Sheldon Lake Alberta quick question do we dodge a bullet by not getting Otani I'd like to hear your guys answer to that thank you no (laughs) I wish they'd got Otani um you know did, 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 did we dodge a bullet uh, no, I mean, God, if, if Shohei Otani had signed with the Blue Jays, I, I, what would the reaction in this, I mean, there'd be people falling all over themselves trying to get tickets. No, no, listen, I, I think, uh, I think Shohei Otani, um, if Shohei Otani had signed in Toronto, I think that would take this ownership group spend a ton of money, but I think that would would put them in 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 another level. Yeah, what do they say? Defense wins championships, offense wins games. Like right now, offensively, do you think they, without a Otani mm. name guy, other than you go out and get a Martinez, a Solaire, a combination of two of the names that, are, st- and that I- are still out there, you think offensively they could carry this team for a month? Yeah, and frankly, I'd rather have Otani just because he's going to pitch for me next year. I, it, probably. Offensively, I think he can hit somewhere right in the middle, yep. wherever he wants to hit, and hit you 40-plus homers and drive you in 100-plus runs. You know, That's what they need. That's what they have to have. I mean, and the only thing I can see, the ones saying we dodged a bullet by missing out on Otani. I mean, look, ultimately, I'll, I'll say this, Chris. Now, if he doesn't pitch again, then you could probably make the case that you may have, you may have dodged a bullet. But uh, – I mean, that's a contract. Nobody's ever going to complain about that. That contract is going to pay off mm-hmm. for years and years and years. And, and here's the thing. You know from, just from talking to people of this place, they, there was a, this wasn't just a baseball decision mm-hmm. when the Jays went all in in this. This was business. ownership. This was a business yeah. decision. They crunched all the numbers. They weren't going to go in there unless they were. Trust me, this place, they're not going to go in there unless they make their money. They back. weren't messing around, is your no, point. They weren't yeah. messing around. Uh, next caller, Taylor and Kitchener. I guess my question is, and maybe you can break this down, uh, what's going on with this offseason? Not just for the Jays, but just around the league. It just seems like it, it's so, so slow. Understand the Shohei Otani and, and maybe uh, Yamamoto slowed it down a little bit, but. You know, we're six weeks past Yamamoto signing and still nothing. What's the holdup? You know, will it will it pick up? When will it pick up? What do you guys think? You know, maybe by the time this uh, this podcast airs, it's already picked up. But just mm-hmm. curious to hear, you know, what's kind of been the holdup. Thanks, guys. Looking That's easy forward for me. To spring. Talk soon. Yeah, Taylor. Thanks. That's Boris. Scott Boris is it. Every, every name that every team that matters that's trying to make a run is all interested in the same names. Who has all those names as the agent? That would be J.D. Martinez, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Reese Hoskins, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. Like all of those names, the Blue Jays are interested in some of those names. That's very important, right? And you would look at how does Boris handle 
if he takes the big name off, which would be Snell as the pitcher and Bellinger as the position player, and then you would think the dominoes would start to fall. But who's wanting to pay mm. Blake Snell nine at 260 and Bellinger at whatever that number that probably starts with a two because a bunch of the unknowns when it comes to exit velocity and, you know, just the the – you know, things that go into his swing, I would think for me that's where it starts, right? And Boris is sort of in a rock and a hard place. I know he's the best in business, but, man, that is a lot of names when a lot of the same kind of teams are going for the same names. Here's the thing. You look at let, – let's use three guys, Bellinger, Chapman, and Reese Hoskins. Basically, you're talking, in the very least, Cubs, Blue Jays, and Giants in and all these, all of those guys. Yeah, uh, either one of those three teams. I'm not sure they're hot of, and heavy on Bellinger. Well, either but, one of those. Yeah, I'm with you. But yeah. the point is, either one of those three teams would take would take At one the right of those cost. free agents. Absolutely. And what Scott's going to do is he is going to use one client to leverage the other. No question. Like he knows right now that the closer it gets to spring training and the Jays don't have a third baseman, there may be a chance that they look at Matt Chapman and Ooh. go, you know what? We're not going to give you three years, but maybe we'll give you a, a one- or two-year contract, a, a pillow contract. I mean, if it's me, I don't take it. I, I don't think Matt Chapman's coming back here. But that's the first thing that has held up the offseason. The other thing has been this issue with regional television rights in the United States. There are a lot of teams that don't know how much money they will be getting from regional TV contracts in 2025 and in some cases this year. So, for example, a team like the Texas Rangers, and they've been open. The Texas Rangers have said, we can't do anything or we're not going to do anything until this TV thing is set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Minnesota Twins can't do anything until the TV until the TV situation is settled. So those two things are working hand in glove. But um, and, and if you think this winter's bad, let me tell you who Scott Boris represents next winter. Oh. Juan Soto, Corbin Burns, Jose Altuve, Alec Bregman, Pete Alonso, and Garrett Cole, if Garrett Cole decides to opt out. Yeah, that's so, a lot of names. Well, a couple of those names would be probably on the same team, so you wouldn't have to go too far when it comes to contracts. But uh, the question I'd have to ask you, how long do the Blue Jays wait? I mean, they aren't. How, how long does this go forward? But they until, aren't. See, yeah, but the names that they're sort of, I would think, waiting on, like you mentioned, could they get a cheaper Chapman? Could you get a cheaper Bellinger? But how long do you wait until uh, – uh, what if a Soler goes well, off listen, the market? I, what if a J.D. But listen, Martinez I, goes off the market? Then now all of a sudden, because of what the Yankees have done and who waiting. the Orioles are, they aren't offensively waiting. they are. No, what are they, they doing? No, no, they're, they're not waiting. They, they've made it pretty clear, I think, that they're not willing to hold up their offseason for Bellinger. That's why they've gone out and added guys like Kiermaier. Oh. That's why they've gone out and added guys like We're talking like about IKF. impactful no, guys. No, but, but the is point is they've signed Yariel Rodriguez. It's not like they're standing, they're waiting around doing nothing. So I'll give the Jays credit for that. I don't think they're being held hostage for Cody Bellinger the way, for example, some of the teams are. Are being held hostage. Maybe not so much the Chicago Cubs well, because they traded wise, for it Michael looks Bush. That way. But it does a little, you know. Um, but no. not all those guys. Hey, you know, Jorge Soler. He's not a Boris dude. Like not not everybody is represented by Boris. I think. I think what's happened is you've got. If you look at guys that have been rumored coming to the Blue Jays, okay, let's throw Cody Bellinger out. But let's go Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, J.D. Martinez, mm-hmm. for example. Well, J.D. Martinez and Jock Peterson. They're at this point in their career where they're going to go where they want to go. Jock Peterson's made it pretty clear he wants to stay in the East West Coast. Coast. There you go. Yeah. And he may take less money to stay in the well, West Coast because he wants to stay in the West Coast. You yeah. think J.D. Martinez is going to choose Toronto over the Dodgers because the Jays might offer him an extra year or an extra $3 million? Well, he wants to go to so. an instant winner. That's the thing, Justin right? Turner's another guy. But, but yeah. my point is a lot of the guys you're going after here are guys who've made money. Some of them have won championships. Mm-hmm. You're right. They're being choosy. And if you're the Blue Jays, you know, I mean, you are what you are. Everybody in baseball can look at the, can, can read a lineup, a lineup or, or, or a roster for the Toronto Blue Jays and know what the strengths and weaknesses of this team are. Everybody can look at other teams in the AL East, every mm-hmm. player, every agent, and figure out where the Jays stand in relation to that. So, well, um, I'm sure there's multiple reasons why they, they, brought up Matt Haig as one of the hitting coaches for the Toronto Blue Jays. I think that's it. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, that goes an, that goes a little bit into what we're talking well, about I here think that, too. That's an indication that that a guy like Davis Schneider and one of Varelvis Martinez and Addison Barger, yeah. maybe somebody else in the minor leagues, that the Jays at the end of the day are probably going to have one of those are going to need them. <laughs> Ian and Petrolia. I think we're we're in line for to get a, a power hitting DH bat. I think that's there. There's our cleanup hitter, and then uh, are you comfortable? with the current second base, third base possible platoon uh, that we have out there? Or is there a trade that you think we need to explore, either for a second baseman that could act as a leadoff hitter, thus pushing George down to the number five spot? That's my preference. Or uh, do we make a splash uh, doing something at third? Looking forward to it, guys. Great show as always. Thanks, Ian. I don't know about making a splash anymore. I just think they 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 need to get better. They need to get better at, uh, at, at those positions. Look, I, I've in terms of platoon. I mean, if you want to have, a, if you want to run out a Davis Schneider, Kevin Biggio platoon at second base, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, as frustrating as Matt Chapman was offensively, well, he could pick it. He, he could pick it, and <laughs> I, I don't know how I can legitimately sell run prevention to my team. And, and I know Einer, I, Isaiah Kiner Falefa has has won a Gold Glove, but you know, there's a drop off from from him from Chapman to him. I don't know how you can sell. I don't know how you can sell that to anybody. It almost, almost again. I, I've said this right now. I think the Jays need a third baseman, and I think they need a middle of the order hitter who can DH. I don't care. I don't care anymore if he's right or left handed. They need a middle of the order hitter who can DH. And you know they can make first base work. If Vladdy needs a needs a day off his feet and they want him to DH, fine. You can put somebody else over there. But uh, yeah, I uh, you know I understand this organization likes versatility, but there's still something to be said for being able to put a dude in the lineup every day. Because of the way their lineup is, I'm not sure you can have Isaiah Kiner Falefa playing third base every day and then that platoon at second. Whoever that is, that just doesn't give you enough length. Like, it, it, no. ju- it just doesn't. And I understand what Ross was doing coming out and saying that we believe in the coaches and the core. Well, he's doing that in case he doesn't get what everybody thinks that he needs to get to make the lineup good enough to compete against the big bad Yankees now because of who they've added and the Orioles and whoever else is in the American League that's going to give this a run. So, yeah, I, I think you can do one of the two spots, but not both of the spots. Yeah, and in terms of pushing Springer down the order, my understanding is George Springer, uh, shall we say, was not uh, was not overly thrilled being bounced out of the leadoff spot last year. It gets to the point where you're at the age now and your performance is going down enough. There has to be a big boy in the room, yeah. and it ain't him. If you're paying him, well – if you need him to hit fifth, he'll hit fifth. Let's move on. I'm surprised nobody's asked about Joey Votto yet. <laughs> Justin from Vaughn here. First of all, big news, Kevin Barker, Jimmy John's, announcing their first mm. restaurant in the GTA coming go. to Canada 2024. So that's exciting. All we need now is Cracky Barrel. Mm. Wanted to get your thoughts. Joey Votto, worthwhile signing. Anything left in the tank? Perhaps spelling off Vladdy at first, being a bit of a D8? And mainly just being entertaining for fans and a nice story because something's got to be entertaining this year. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Love the show. Thanks, Justin. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, congratulations, Jimmy Johns. Uh, if they want to sponsor our show, it's good for us. If they don't, you know, it's I'm sure it'll be stuck somewhere where there's tons of traffic and there's giant lines and, you know, I can't get to it for an hour, and it makes me mad, and I don't want to go to it. So, yeah, what, why was sponsorship Jimmy, would be really nice? Tell people why Jimmy John's was so important. Well, to it's you. one of those things when you stink, you try everything you can possibly do to be better. And especially I was when it doesn't the, cost much. Absolutely, and yeah. I was one of them, one of them spots where I was wearing other people's spikes and other people's uniforms and socks and turning my underwear inside out, and mm-hmm. that was sort of the last resort. And I saw it, and I drove in it, and I got a sandwich, and I was three for four with two homers. <laughs> Guess what sandwich I was getting from then on. And and yeah. I went to the big leagues, and that was 2006 in Syracuse. You went to the big leagues after eating 2000, the sandwich. 2006 oh. and, and okay. yeah, in Syracuse oh, with the Toronto Blue Jays. So, yeah, it was 
one of the things. It would be kind of nice little story for us to be sponsored. I, I mean, I want to throw that out there. It would be kind of nice. I think it would, too. Yeah, there you go. Nicer. <laughs> Having Jimmy John sponsor this show or Joey Votto with the Blue Jays. How can I be nice about this? I, I, <laughs> I, I know why you asked me this first. Because of the conversations that we have off the air about the Hall of Fame and, and Joey and where he plays and the khakis and, boy, that, you know, eight-pitch walk. Boy, that's something for a dude that's making over $200 million playing a, a power position. I, well, he's not making over $200 million. He no. was. He's not now. I, I, look. The answer is very simple, right? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Like I, like I, uh, how does that make their, this team better whatsoever? The clubhouse thing, I'm sorry. These are grown men. Like, they're going to make their own. Bo Bichette ain't going to walk up to Joey Votto. It just, that just, 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 I know everybody thinks that and wants to yell and scream, and, and it just doesn't work that way. I've been in a bazillion clubhouses, even in 2024. It ain't going to work that way. Can he give you pop? Could he come off the bench and hit velocity? I, this is just me from what you saw last year, and he'll be a year older. The answer for me to that is no. I could fill that position with an Addison Barger who's younger, got more bat speed, yeah. could give you more versatility defensive-wise. I'd rather have that than I would a Joey Votto. Did I say that nicely enough? Yeah, listen. I, I'm trying. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm a fan I'll of Joey's, it, I, but. I'll, I'll be a little nicer than you. <laughs> he would have to give me the hometown discount beyond all hometown discounts. I ain't got to do that. Like, we're basically talking a minor league contract with an invitation to spring training. Uh, you know he ain't going to do no that. And no disrespect to Joey, but I, I think you're right. I think part of the part of the issue right now is I don't want I don't want guys who are going to block guys in the minors from coming up here. Now you're you're asking me if a guy like Addison Barger is ready to go and we know he can play the outfield, for example. I understand Joey's profiles different off, offensively than a lot of other than a lot of other people. But if there are spare at bats to be had, who would I rather give it to? Addison Barge or Joey Votto? Frankly, I'd rather give it. I'd rather give it to Addison. Well, you Barger. said the same thing I said. Except, a little Except little I was nicer. nicer. Well, you were, and I don't think this is where the Jays are at. And and I'm going to say this. I, it's sort of like a charity case. That's not right now what they need. They I, need better players and, and offensively. I'm, I'm going to tell people this because. I know there is that thing out there about, boy, it's good to have veteran leadership in the clubhouse. Oh, and Listen, man. talk to folks who were around the Blue Jays when Omar Vizquel was brought in to provide, quote-unquote, veteran leadership. Never was in the clubhouse early. Never spoke to anybody. You saw it, remember the incident with Yanel Escobar? He had no impact at all on the Latino players in that clubhouse. And he was, you know, Omar Vizcal was supposedly this grand old man. Uh, first dude to leave the clubhouse. He was a non-factor. Like he, was, he was to say that he was a benign factor would be giving him too much credit. So, you know what makes a good clubhouse? I'm, George Springer, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Bo Bichette do what everybody thinks they're supposed yeah. to do. That's what makes a good clubhouse. You know as well as anybody, when your best players are being your best players, yeah. they're in a great mood. So, yeah, and that I, makes a great clubhouse because you're winning I because mean, of your best players. Bottom line is if, uh, I mean, if he's going to come here, it's not going to cost me anything and not going to prevent anybody else. Don't do it. But Don't uh, say it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> I mean, I... one more caller. One more caller. <laughs> Let's move on because we're going to say something we're going to regret. One more caller. Hey, boys. This is Andrew calling from Stratford, Ontario. Lovely Love Stratford. I've got a question about what the realities might be for next season. Wondering if you think it's possible that Ross Atkins and Mark Spiro have taken a good, hard, long look at the market uh, for bats, especially, have contemplated all the downsides and regression candidates and people like Reese Hoskins and J.D. Martinez and Jock Peterson, and then took a look at their core and have basically made the calculation that what they have on hand, there is a greater potential for positive regression among that group than there is um, in terms of the risk that you take on adding one of these older bats. Hmm. Uh, the fans aren't going to like it, but it could be a calculation uh, that uh, – could be the way that the team is heading next year. I don't know. Maybe there'll be another signing, but if there isn't, could this just be the reality that Ross and Mark have landed on? Thanks, boys. Thanks, Andrew. Um, I mean, I've thought more and more about about this. It's entirely possible. You know, one thing, 
Cody Bellinger in a normal free agent year wouldn't have the value he has right now. I mean, the, the reason the Cody Bellinger's got so much value is because other than Shohei Otani, there's really uh, no impactful, and of course, and once the Juan Soto deal was made, there's really no impactful bat on the market. So, and, and hey, and that's, you know, that's the free market in baseball. Mm-hmm. Good and Cody Bellinger. He hit free agency at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and good and Scott Boris for planning this out. Mm-hmm. But I think the Blue Jays' approach is, this is how we value player X. And it doesn't matter what the rest of the market is. This is what our valuations are. Andrew, I've thought about that, but Kevin, I'm going to take it a little further. I think that what we're seeing this year, in addition to that, is I think the Blue Jays very quietly are planning for post-Vladdy and post-Bo. I, I, don't think they can, I don't think they can come out and say that publicly. I don't think they should. But if, if I'm the Blue Jays, and I haven't been able to come to an agreement with Vladdy. I mean, at this point, if I'm Vladdy, I'm not going to, why am I going to buy out, give the Jays a year of free agency? I'm not going to do that. Mm-mm. Same thing with Bo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to see what I can get in free agency. Given what, given what middle infielders are getting, given what Bo's numbers are going to be, mm-hmm. if, knock on wood, if he stays healthy when he hits the market. Yeah. So I think maybe the, the, the question isn't just, are, are the Jays looking at the market and going, you know, these players really, frankly, aren't that good and then any other winter wouldn't be asking for what they're asking. I think the bigger question is, are they looking ahead to what happens when Bo and Vladdy go? Yeah, just, just think Bo about Bo and or Vladdy. It, it, I, I, I'll ask you, like, do you think they've had talks with teams about trading either of them? Absolutely. I, well, I, I think the, the when you heard the Dodgers – and Bo and the Cubs and Bo, I think that's real. Like I, th- I think doesn't I, mean it's going to get done, I, but it, it, I think they've had talks. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think the conversation at the end of the season sort of sides are thinking, you know, where's this headed? Like you know, one side probably doesn't like what's going on, and the other side wants to figure it out and be the best product they could possibly be because of the renovations and the prices going up and all those things. It, it's amazing when you don't sign Otani, how the conversation all of a mm. sudden changes, right? You know, you hope the answer to that's no because of the way they pitch. But, boy, you look at Gosman, he'd be 33. You look at Bassett, he'd be 35. You know, you look at uh, Barrios, he'll be 30. Like, these dudes are getting up there. And to think there's going to be some turnover and you're trying to figure out where your organization's going. And, oh, by the way, you got the Yankees there and you got the Orioles who probably ain't going nowhere. You know, the Orioles Mm. are turning into the race with just the talent and how they're going to be able to flip this over and be better at the at the break instead of having to do all their heavy lifting in the offseason, which is I will say this, trouble the, for the American League. The Orioles right now, the Orioles are sitting pretty oh, because no they, the Orioles could go out right now and sign Blake Snell, and that would put them in a position where I think, that, I think they'd be the favorites to win the American League period the american league not just the american league east i think they'd be the i think they could do the it right now league. they're gonna add a piece at the break so, but. but 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 that's i mean that's yeah that, to I, your point they're that number the one away right pitching oh, yeah. game one and pitching game seven from being yep. the big boys on campus so i'm with you all right thanks for joining us listen a reminder that on february 20th we'll return to a daily 11 a.m eastern slot on Sportsnet 590. The fan, the back leg line number again, 416-413-3959. Fill it up, folks. And as always, you can hear us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening.